Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. John 14 says he became human and he came to this earth. What did that look like? Notice verse 6. Who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. All this verse says is simply this. That Jesus willingly gave up his rights as God to come to the earth as a human and to serve us. The idea of having unlimited power and then willingly putting it aside to save a people who aren't really interested in you seems like madness. What most people, Christians and non-Christians alike, fail to grasp is the depth of love Jesus had and has for the people he created. That love compelled Jesus to come to earth and do what he did. Pastor Mark is using the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippian church to teach about service and sacrifice and the Christian's mandate to be like Jesus in every possible way. We need to learn to love and serve like Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 2 of his message, Christ our example. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Do you realize how many people sitting in our churches that call themselves Christians today do not believe what you're going to hear today? They do not believe the things I'm going to tell you that the Bible teaches about Jesus. And if they don't believe it, they cannot get to God. It's that crucial. What is the second largest religion in the world today? Christianity is number one. What's the second? Islam. Second. What do the Muslims believe about Jesus? Let me tell you. Very simply. The Muslims' faith teaches that Jesus was a great prophet. Second only to Muhammad. They teach that Jesus is not the Son of God. He's not divine. He's not God. And he was not crucified. That's what the Muslims teach. He who has the Son has life. Well, two other groups of people in our world, one of them very fast-growing, Mormonism. Two young men will come to your house Riding their bicycles because usually at the age of 18, they're required for two years to go around the world. They're every part of the world. Soon when I would go into Singapore, where I teach at the Calvary Chapel that we got started in Singapore. Oh, they're all over Singapore. They're in China. They're every part of the world. What do the Mormons teach about Jesus? Well, first, Mormonism teaches that God the Father has a body. 
He's flesh and bones. God is flesh and bones. They teach that God was once simply a man and he worked himself up to God. And when he became God, he had a God wife. And between God man and the God wife, they came together and created Jesus as one of their spirit children. And of course, the Mormons do not believe that Jesus is God. Now, where do you get that in the Bible? Well, there's another group that will come to your door and they'll knock on the door and they'll have a little pamphlet. says Watchtower. What do the Jehovah Witnesses believe in their theology? Well, God is a single person. He is not part of the Trinity. Their God does not know all things and he's not everywhere at the same time. God created Michael the archangel, an angel, Michael. And then that Michael created all other things. And when it came time for a savior to be born, Michael the archangel became human and came down to earth in the form of Jesus. So they don't believe Jesus is God. They believe he was like the Mormons, a created being like the Muslims. So all three of these do not believe that Jesus is God. Is that important? Well, the world said, no, that's fine. As long as they believe in God, it doesn't matter. Oh, it does matter. It's huge. So you need to understand that your children need to know that. None of these world religions believe that Jesus is God, which the Bible clearly teaches us over and over and over again. So we're going to go very quickly. Put your little caps on. This is not like boring. This is crucial because it's going to be diluted more and more as we walk through our world. Now look at verse 6. Jesus, who being in the very nature God, Now, what does that mean? Paul begins by stressing the eternal pre-existence of Jesus as God. Before Jesus came to the earth, he was in the very nature of God. He existed as God in heaven. So we're reminded right from the start in this passage, we'll turn to more in a moment, That Jesus did not begin his existence in the manger at Bethlehem. But he has always been God. He's part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, do we understand the Trinity? No, we do not. You don't understand the Trinity. But the Bible teaches it. So, turn with me. And we'll be back to Philippians in a moment. Turn with me to John chapter 1 in your Bible. John chapter 1. This is a great passage that's going to show us how the word really tells us that Jesus is God, always has been God, always will be God since the beginning of time, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he is the creator of everything. Now look at John 1, verse 1. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. You have lots of other translations. The principle is the same. In the beginning, the Word, which is Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God. Jesus was with God. And Jesus, 
the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Now, can you get your mind around that? Can anybody explain how God always has been? No. We just, that's what, he's God. He's always been. So, whenever, there was never a time that God didn't exist. And the Bible just tells us that. See, I don't understand that because I'm not God. He's always been. And when he was God, it was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There was nothing created in any three of those. They've always existed. Now, when Jesus came to creating the world, notice what verse 3 tells us. God created everything through him. Who is the him? Jesus. And nothing was created except through him. Notice what we've heard lots of these false religions say, that God created Jesus. Well, that's wrong. Notice, verse 3, God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. Jesus always has been. He is not a created being. He's always been God. Now, how does that look to us? What does that look? Look down at verse 14. You're right, close by. Look down at verse 14. So the word, Jesus, became human. And he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the Father's one and only son. He was not a great messenger like Muhammad. He was God's one and only son. Now, three things I want you to write down. I'll give you time to write them. Here they are. You need to have these things in your Bible, in your mind. So parents, for sure, you can explain these to your children. Number one, Jesus is God. He's part of the Trinity. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. The world religions, just the three that I talked to you about this morning, do not believe this. Number two, Jesus is equal to God. You'll see how that works out in a moment. He's equal to God. They flow together in perfect unity. Remember John and John chapter 17, Jesus said, the Father and I are one, and I want you to be one. I want you to flow together. And number three, big one, Jesus always existed. Unlike the other three, he was never created. He's always been God. Always. From the beginning of time, he's been God. John 17, 5 says, And now, Father, just write that verse down. You can look it up later. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. John 17, 5. So, understanding that principle. It's crystal clear that Jesus is God. He's always been God. He always will be God. And he's the creator of all things. Go back to Philippians, if you will. John 14 says he became human and he came to this earth. What did that look like? Notice verse 6. Who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. All this verse says is simply this, that Jesus willingly gave up his rights as God to come to the earth as a human and to serve us. Now, Jesus was, even in heaven, was not thinking of himself. He was thinking of others. This unselfish attitude, the way he was thinking, moved Jesus from heaven, 
by the way, watch me. When Jesus is in heaven, he's being served. All the angels are serving him. He's being worshipped. But he left heaven and he came to earth not to be served, but to serve us. That's the mindset that he had. And that's the life that he lived. Now, that brings us to the first part of verse 7. Look at it. But made himself nothing. In the original language, that's kenosis. It means emptying ourselves. It means taking everything we are and emptying ourselves. Well, what did, when Jesus came to earth as a man in the flesh, born of the Spirit, sinless, what did he empty himself of? Some people teach that he emptied himself as divinity. He came to earth as a man. He was no longer God. That's 100% wrong. Since Jesus is God, part of the Trinity, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's everywhere at the same time. But when he came to earth, he came to earth, watch me, fully God and fully man. Fully God, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at the same time, and fully man. But he emptied himself, or he limited himself, of many of these deity things. For instance... When Jesus came to the earth, God is everywhere at the same time. Was Jesus everywhere at the same time? No, he wasn't. He was what? In one place at the same time. Now, God is all-knowing. When Jesus came to earth, he set that aside. He limited that. Because very often he would say this. uh, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I don't know when my time to come back to earth is. Only the Father knows that. So he limited that. God is all-powerful. He can do anything at the same time. He can be everywhere at the same time. He knows everything, and he nothing's impossible with God. When Jesus came to the earth, what did we hear him doing? He says, I only do those things that the Father tells me to do. And we see at his water baptism, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus lived this life as a man... He was still 100% God, but he set aside those powers and he lived this life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why did he do that? You'll see in a moment. So that you and I could go like, I can live this life. You see, if Jesus came to this life as man and fully God and he just used God and he lived this life, you and I would go like, well, thanks a lot. No kidding, you never sin. No kidding, you beat every temptation. No kidding, you're never upset in the morning. You're God. But he came to the earth, fully God, but he lived as a man. To show us that we could depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he asked us to do. You got to get that. You'll see that in a moment. So when he came to the earth, the Bible simply says to us, That this Jesus of Nazareth was subject to place and time and many other human limitations. Being tired, suffering, even going to death. So, write this down and it will make sense to you. Do I understand how this works? No, I do not. But this is what happened. He emptied himself. Jesus came to earth as a human. Born of the Holy Spirit, Mary, sinless nature. Fully man. And yet, fully God. Never gave up his deity. Now, why did he do this? Two main reasons. Look at the last part of verse 7. 
But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a, say it with me, of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man. So when Jesus came, he came in the nature of a servant. He was a man. He looked like a man. When he walked the earth, people didn't go, wow, you see the glow over there? That's Jesus. Man, he's glowing like crazy. Look at him. There is the bland disciples and Jesus glowing from head to toe. Or who's that guy over there with this halo over him? Oh, that's Jesus. No, he looked just like what? Us. Then he go, who's the one with the halo? There he is. I see him right over there. Who's the one glowing? Mm. By the way, did Jesus ever glow? Yes, he did. Where did he glow? On the Mount of Transfiguration. Only to who? Three of the disciples. And they go, whoa, this is God. Yeah, but he didn't do that on the earth down below with the people. He didn't want to draw attention to himself. It wasn't time. So that's what this verse means. Look at it again. And being found in the appearance of a man, what did he do? He humbled himself, submitted, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So we already know who Jesus is. What did Jesus do for us? So write this. Number one, Jesus came to earth to model a servant lifestyle for us. He came here to show us how to think. Quit just thinking about ourselves. Start thinking about others. And as I do that, I bring joy and happiness and fulfillment to my life. I don't get it. It's the upside-down world. It doesn't make sense to me. The world says, be happy, step on people. God says, no, just step down. And he stepped down from heaven to serve us. Now, very important you understand this. Notice Jesus didn't just think about coming to the earth. And when he got here, he just didn't think about serving. He actually left heaven and came to the earth. And when he got here, he began serving. He just didn't think about it. Notice this verse in Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why do I stress he just didn't think about it? Here's the problem, and listen closely. As humans, we are often filled with good intentions. You know what that means. We have great intentions, but we don't follow through. Good intentions count for nothing. Anybody here ever been on a diet? (laughs) Or should I say, ever been on a hundred diets? Now, when we start, hallelujah, it's going to be great. 500 calories a day, no problem. I can do this. And some of us never even get off the starting block. You know what I mean? All we're doing is thinking about it. We're getting all the recipes. We're looking at it. Somebody calls you up. You want to go out to the buffet? Hallelujah, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Satan. And off we go. 
Well, tomorrow. Because I got these three things this week. Thursday I'll start. And then we're just filled with, am I relating to anybody here or not? Well, we're, we're just filled with good intentions. And we never follow through. When Jesus said he was coming to the earth, he came to the earth. When Jesus said he came to serve, he served. And I want to say this kindly to many of you this morning. Many of you are here and you're great people. And you have good intentions of serving in the kids ministry. You have great intentions of serving in the parking lot. We had a whole group of people in the Met last night that are going to go over to Orlando from our two campuses. Every other week they're going to Orlando. They're giving of their time to drive to Orlando to make that church plant really go. And then a lady come to me after the service last night. She said, Pastor Mark, I was one of those people that meant to sign up, meant to come, had great intentions. Where do I go tonight? And she came to the meeting because she never followed through. Many of you last week signed up in the kids' ministry. You're going to help. And that's as far as it will go. Pretty soon, we start the marriage teaching. Enjoying marriage on the river of life. It'll start September, the very first week. Now, many of you are going to have attentions inviting a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, somebody who's been struggling in their marriage, or a young couple just trying to figure out what marriage is all about. And you have great intentions, but many of you, actually most of you, will never follow through. Good intentions. By the way, I'm like you. I'm like you. I'm not just speaking to you. Good intentions count for nothing. So I want to challenge you this morning. When God speaks to you to do something, take the serve me off and follow through. Whoever you are this morning, whatever God is speaking to you right now, that's God. And he's saying to you, yeah, you did do that, didn't you? It's time simply to follow through. What do I mean by that? Next thing you want to write is simply this. Servant attitude equals servant action. It's an attitude moves into action to make it useful. Now, if you start serving because you have to, don't even start. Because it will never work. See, if somebody else is putting you on the diet... It will never work. You have to want to step forward and lose the weight or exercise or whatever else. So we have to give up our rights because I know somebody said, well, Pastor Mike, if I'm going to drive all the way to Atlanta, you know, it's like in 40 and 55 minutes of gas is going to cost me. Hello? Did it cost Jesus to leave heaven to come here? Is it going to cost you and I to serve people? Absolutely. Is it worth it? Yes. That's where we don't get it. You see, if I save my life, Jesus said, I lose it. But if I lose my life for him, I gain it. But we don't get it because it's upside down thinking. But it's biblical thinking. It's biblical thinking. Today, Pastor Mark spoke about power and its proper place and usage in our lives. He used the example of Jesus. Jesus, who created the universe and all that's in it, came to earth not as God Almighty, but as a human who became a carpenter and preacher serving others while still being God. This is the example that we need to embrace and then work on living our lives like he did. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will complete the message, Christ Our Example. We will learn more about the nature of Jesus and why he lived his life the way he did. We'll learn as well about the value God placed on not just mankind as a whole, but on each individual human. Pastor Mark will talk about Christ's willingness to come and die for each person. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.